Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Project Haze 6 Imperial IPA. But don't forget our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available right now in Funk's tap rooms. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends as your continued source for all sports wagering info. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy, blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater word mark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. And I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, we finally have some football once again. Thank God the bye week has come and gone. Uh, no really earth shattering news, uh, except one piece of <laughs> quote news that you uh, sent me this article and I, I had to laugh about it. So how did you come upon this thing from the comeback.com? Actually, and then of course I had to forward it to you, but it's, and it's what you called it before we started the show. It's clickbait, right? It's not the headline makes it seem like it's more than what it is. And, and like, let me say this. Like, we, we knew once Pat Kraft became the athletic director, naturally, Matt Rule's name would, would always be there, right? If this Penn guy's State, been bringing it up for months. <laughs> right? It would always be there because of the that those two had at Temple. If Penn State had lost twice by then I think you can say, yeah, I, I, I would keep a close look at Matt Rule's name here as the year goes on and the season goes on. Let's see how this thing plays out. But having done what they've done this far, they're 5-0, and they're heading to Ann Arbor. If they can win this game here, just there's no chance. And I, like, even, if, even if they go to Ann Arbor and lose, Tom, right? I, I, just, I still don't think 
there's any chance. And there's nothing against Matt Rule. He's a fantastic football coach. But what happened over the past three, two and a half seasons with the Carolina Panthers, I mean, I can see him having to take a step back for a year or so, maybe take an analyst role or, or maybe even take a year off. I, I don't know what the future holds for Matt Rule. He's a tremendous coach. He did a great job turning Temple around, did a great job turning Baylor around. Um, but when you struggle the way he kind of struggled in, in, in the National Football League, right, it's just for – I don't think a lot of teams will be knocking on the door and saying, hey, we want you to be the head coach of our of our program or our school moving forward. I, I don't know. Maybe that's me. Well, he's got $40 million uh, in his buyout, <laughs> so he can do whatever he wants. So good for Matt Rule. I love those buyout clauses. You know what, and, you know what Tom? Yeah. And I don't mean to interrupt you too, but I want to make this point as well, right? They, he wins five games year one. He wins five games year two. They go one and four, and he gets fired. Yeah. If, if he had finished the year out and he was six, right, you know, five and you know, twelve, they win five games. You know, again, I think it's different. But to to get fired only after five games, you know, I think that's just kind of all right. You know, that's again, not sure what the future holds for him, but I, I don't think we see his name attached to Penn State. You know, moving forward. No, and I, listen, the Pat Craft connection is there. Um, at the same time, uh, I, I do want to point out some specifics on this article that surfaced for Penn State fans. Like, don't get caught up in this. And I also want to put um, uh, a writer for the comeback.com, Kevin Harris, on blast because the title is College Football World Reacts to Wild Penn State Head Coach News. A, there is no Penn State Head Coach News. B, it's not wild. So great job. You took speculation from a Michigan Wolverines insider and prominent author named John U. Bacon, who then suggested with Matt Rule out as Carolina Panthers head coach, keep an eye on Penn State. Rule is from State College. Penn State head coach Franklin's status has been in limbo on and off, and they have Michigan, Minnesota, OSU coming out. Penn State's new AD is Patrick Kraft is a buddy of rules. Franklin might feel some heat. You know why, Pat? Uh, you know why James Franklin won't feel any heat because his buyout is 72 million dollars this season this season you know how long it takes for it to go down to 40 million dollars four years so if you're a penn state fan listen i've been very open and honest that the last two seasons last three seasons really haven't been spectacular for penn state for james franklin if you're a penn state fan or any college football fan that is hoping to see him ousted you're insane there is no way penn state is going to drop 72 million dollars to get rid of him unless the team outright loses the rest of the way even still matt i i still don't see them pulling the trigger on it yeah no i i don't and it's not even one of those things where like that we, you know, we're losing, you know, Penn, like if you're Penn State, you're thinking to yourself, we're losing games, we're losing games, we're losing games. How do we get Matt Rule in here? How do we make that work? It's not like they need to bring somebody in to change the culture or to change the atmosphere or to change the environment, Tom, right? They, they are a great football program. Is there room for improvement still? Or has he done everything he possibly can and it's, you know, you, you win 10 games, you win 11 games, you struggle for a little while, you bounce back, you win nine, you win 10 games there, but you never quite get past the hump and beat Ohio State and get back to the Big Ten championship game or make a push for the college 
football playoff thing. Those are the question marks that that are surrounding James Franklin right now. Yeah, this is a series of comments by someone who does not know what they're talking about in an article written by somebody trying to get clicks. So just pass on that. For the record, James Franklin's buyout this year is $72 million. Next year, it's $64 million. 2024, it's $56 million. 2025, it's $48 million. 2026, $40 million. It drops by increments of eight every year because he has a 10-year contract extension is getting $70 million guaranteed. So everybody calm down. Let's talk about the game this weekend, (laughs) this Saturday at noon on Fox. Penn State, number 10 undefeated, goes to play number five, Michigan. The Wolverines are also undefeated. Big noon kickoff is going to be there. There are a lot of eyeballs on this game. Uh, Coming out of the bye week, Matt, how do you feel about this, you know, from a macro perspective? Yeah, it's a business trip. That that's that these coaches and these players should have had since they, they practiced during the bye week. It's all about business right now, Tom. We're not going out there to, you know, enjoy Ann Arbor or to, you know, enjoy the stadium or, you know, look at all the great the house has to offer. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere, but it's a business trip at this point, Tom, right? You're not going out there thinking, you know, um, we're, we're, we're the underdog. We got, we got to do everything we can to upset this football team. No, you should feel like you're the favorite. You, you're the better team. You are the more talented team, Tom. And I've said that. I think they are. Look around the Big Ten in terms of talent. Penn State is the team that can compete with Ohio State in terms of talent. Now, game plan-wise, execution, situational football, right? Under, you know, the four quarters of the game and, and, and how that individual motivation can affect the outcome of the game. I think that's where Penn teams in the Big Ten, but talent wise, I think they're right there with Ohio State, and I think they're better than Michigan. And look, you know the big house, it, it doesn't get better than that. It's one of the best atmospheres in football. It's one of the best venues. And for me, the reason the mentality should be that is because nothing should surprise the veterans on this team like Sean Clifford, who have already played there and won there before, right? Nothing should be, you should know how loud it's going to be, right? You shouldn't figure that out. You shouldn't have to say, let's get in there. Let's just work some of the kinks out here. Let's try to get past this crowd noise. No, you already know what it's like. You already understand it. You already know how to operate in that environment. Heck, Tom, you've already had two opportunities to play on the road in tough atmospheres and Mm -hmm. you won both games. This crowd shouldn't play a factor. It's going to be loud. We know that. This crowd should not factor from snap one in this football game Saturday. The one big thing that Penn State fans and college football fans as a whole are pointing at with this game is that Michigan has had a very weak schedule thus far. Uh, they opened up beating Colorado State 51-7. to No shocker there. They beat Hawaii 56-10. to No shocker there. They beat UConn 59 to nothing. Our hats off to Taquan Roberson. Hope he's doing all right. Uh, Against Maryland at home, they barely won 34 to 27. You and I have talked about it. That's a good Maryland football team. Then uh, two road games at Iowa, won by a score of 27 to 14. That is not a good Iowa team. And then they uh, took care of business against the Indiana Hoosiers by a score of 31 to 10. Meanwhile, you just touched on it. Penn State has had two 
big road games and then two big, especially conference games to be tested. So when you look at what Michigan has had to deal with, are they more prepared for this game or is Penn State more prepared for this game? I think Penn State more prepared in this game than, than you mentioned that Maryland game. And yeah, Maryland's a very good football team, right? But they turned the football over three times. The kid took one off the face mask. Next play, Michigan stored touchdown. Right? You can't do that and expect to win football games. It's tough to bounce back from that. It was 13-10 Maryland at one point in that game. And it was a fourth down call right before halftime. Uh, Blake Corum, explosive run, touchdown. That can't happen, right? Talia turned it over two times in that football game. That can't happen on Saturday. Um, but Penn State is more prepared for this. They played the, the, I'm going, I'll, I'll mention Michigan. That was a good football team, a well-coached football team, right? Purdue's rolling better than they were week one. That wasn't their best effort. I wouldn't want to play moving forward. Um, and I look, I, I'm not saying Auburn, we, we talked about Auburn not being a good football team. We know that. But the atmosphere that they had to experience there at Auburn, that's preparing them for Saturday. Penn State is much more ready. They're much more prepared to play in a game like this Saturday at noon than Michigan is, Tom. But look, this is still a good team on both sides of the ball. I think, and then let's start defensively, Tom, because I think that's where Penn State is going to have their work cut out for. Defensively for Penn State, I look at this game and I see a lot of similarities between J.J. McCarthy and Sean Clifford. Mm -hmm. And I think J.J. has more of the ability to be explosive uh, in the run game and create the big play. Um, but I think it's the thing they are missing with not playing Cade McNamara on a regular basis is that Cade is a little bit more consistent in the passing game, um, which is fascinating because when you look at the numbers for McCarthy, 10 total touchdowns, 78% complete. Completion percentage. However, he's only attempting roughly 24 passes per game or less. So that signals to me Jim Harbaugh and company understand what to do. And it's what they've been doing for quite some time there with Harbaugh as the head coach. Run the football, play good defense. When you look at J.J. McCarthy, do you think he's really going to be the factor that breaks Penn State's defense? Or do you think it's just going to be a steady dose of quorum and company? Well, he's the guy for them that holds it all together. Right. Look, obviously, when you go into a game, you're playing Michigan. The number one thing is to stop Blake Horn. That's it. Right. If you can do that, you, you're, you're going to win the football. You stop Blake Horn, you're going to win the football game. It's as simple as that. And I don't think, you know, how you do that. Well, that's Manny Diaz's job because kid electric. This kid has experience. He's fast. He's low to the ground. He's shifty. Right. He's just, he has such good vision, Tom. And you don't think he's as quick or as fast as he is. But man, when, when he sees a crease, he's going and he's gone, man. And like we, we talk about Nick Singleton um, not having in the stadium be able to catch him. Corum has that speed as well when he gets outside. But going back to McCarthy, look, he rarely puts the ball in harm's way. And you comparing Clifford and McCarthy, it's a fantastic comparison because they're both now balancing, balancing their game because of what they're able to run game. They know they don't have to force it down the field. Here's where Penn State can maybe capitalize. We saw the interception a week ago by McCarthy against Read the coverage right, middle of the field, wide open. It's just a great defensive play and, and, and 
job positionally by Indiana for the tip pick there. But the time you're going to need to take advantage of play if it's two plays, one or two throws that are even close can't miss those. You have to be dialed in. They have to be in position and in the right position for everything. McCarthy's good. He's smooth. He's calm in the pocket. He's a very patient player. Check it down. He'll throw it to the tight ends. Uh, he'll take free access throws. He'll lull you to sleep in a way, Tom. And then boom, he'll down the field when he gets the right, perfect coverage for, for the throw he wants to make downfield. And for a young guy, he's doing a fantastic job of it, right? He's just, he's in a really good place right now. He's in, and it's a really good position to be in right now, which now we're seeing why they made the transition because they're just so well-rounded on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's just the, it's high peaks, low valleys at mm -hmm. times. And he's been fortunate to your point, not necessarily turning the ball over. I, I think these are two teams that uh, virtually mirror images in a lot of ways. Um, both are in the top seven in the country um, defensively in rushing yards allowed per game. Both are in the top 13 in points allowed per game. And then on, you talked about what Blake Corum's able to do. Both teams are capable of recording about 200 yards rushing per game for Penn State. They just happen to do it between two guys, whereas Blake Corum basically equals the yardage total that we've seen Catron uh, Allen and Nick Singleton amass this season. So uh, if you're Manny Diaz, like we know he's going to dial up blitzes. You know he's going to try and get turnovers. So, and I fully expect to see the secondary uh, do what they've been doing all season and leading the country in pass break ups and try and get a few more picks here and there is this a game similar to northwestern granted the elements were a factor there but where you play everybody within 10 yards of the ball and dare jj mccarthy to beat you or is that too risky i think it might be too risky because this kid he can do it he can he can beat you you know and and it's not just him ronnie bell luke shoemaker roman wilson cornelius johnson like they're all solid players tom so i think it could be one of those games where you see Penn State playing a ton of zone because of because McCarthy can spread the football around and any one of those guys can make plays for them. I think that front seven defensively is going to need to play its best game. Stop the run. Stop Corm. Um, this offense, this Michigan offense, they're going to stay on schedule, right? He, he's going to run the play that has the best chance of succeeding and getting positive yards. You're, they're not going to run a play time and you're going to sit there, scratch your head thinking, huh, I wonder what they were trying to do there. Or, you know, uh, they don't do that. They don't operate like that. Right. It, it's all about, this is the best play in this situation, best play versus what we're expecting here. Um, you know, and we're going to take advantage of that. We're, we're not going to take big risks or big chances here offensively because we don't have to. So you mentioned Diaz blitzing, bringing pressure and things like that. I think, when they do that, Tom, it's going to be one of those things like, hey, it's third and four, big play. Michigan's offense knows – Michigan offense knows are getting pressure. J.J. McCarthy knows he's getting dialed up with the pressure. The fans know pressure's coming. Everybody's pressure's coming. It's like, all right, best man's going to win this one. So I think it's going to be obvious when the pressure is coming. But outside of that, I think you're going to see a balanced defensive plan from Penn State, um, and they're going to have to win up front. Now, they, Michigan is banged up on the offensive line. So this front seven, this D-line is going to have to dominate. And it's one thing that Michigan has been very good at this season. Granted, you look at strength of schedule, strength of their competition, and, and you factor that in. However, Michigan offensively, 45% conversion rate on third down, 80% on fourth down. 
Now, you look at Penn State on the, on the flip side, the Penn State offense, 33% conversion percentage on third down, 66% on fourth down. Considering we always talk about James Franklin likes to go for it on, you know, third and short or fourth and short between the Penn State 40 and the opponents like 25, basically. Some of that is the limitations of Jake Pinnegar and the kicking game. You understand that. Michigan doesn't necessarily have that problem. The, the name of their kicker escapes me, but he's got a 52-yarder to his credit this season. If this offensive line struggles, do you see that number of attempts for J.J. McCarthy? I talked about eh, he's averaging about 24 a game. If they have him throwing 30, 35 times a game, does that cost Michigan? to find out <laughs> because they've been so successful in what they do as an offense that he hasn't really had to right win the game for them um so i mean it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out and if penn state can stop the run i don't think michigan and jim harbaugh i i don't think they're a team that's just going to abandon the run quickly of course um you know i, I think if if they are strong offensively here and there. I think you see them get creative. I think they find a way to keep it close and then try to, you know, try to win it from there. But I mean, it's, you know, to sit here and say, if Corum can't run the ball in the first quarter, just pushing the football down the field, down the field, down the field, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think they stick with who they are. It's won them games, it's won them games last year. It's winning them games this year. Um, so, but if but if you're Penn State defensively, I mean, this is, you know, th this is the most balanced offense you're gonna play that the running game can beat you or the pass game can beat you. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 Paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Yeah, Blake Corum, uh, there will be a steady diet. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, let's talk about the other side of the ball in regards to Penn State. Um, it's something that we have talked about a lot this season, and we were just talking about, you know, Singleton and Allen, the way Penn State has run the ball. It's been really positive. It's been very encouraging. Uh, Penn State's averaging about 190 yards rushing per game. And again, you factor in, similar to Michigan, uh, a couple of games here and there where you were able to pad your numbers a little bit. But at the same time, Singleton and Allen have been sensational. Can Michigan handle these two? And and not even just these two, but Kevon Lee as well. I really, really don't. 
I mean, they, they've been so good. And again, last week, tough can I'm not making excuses for anybody. I don't care what the conditions are. You can't turn it over. You can't fumble the football. But I think, you know, and being in a game like that, Tom, I think it registered now. It's like, whoa, hang, hang on a second. Let's take a step back. Let's let's humble ourselves here a little bit now. We got to really figure out how to understand and learn how to play the running back position here in the Big Ten as the weeks goes on for more and more difficult. I don't care what month it is or what day it is. I've always feel like when you go out to Michigan and Ann Arbor to play, it's going to be cold. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So, all right. Right. And that's, that's something that, you know, the football feels different. The leather on the ball, Tom gets more flicker. The laces get hard, right? The, the ball itself gets hard, right? You understand how to carry it, how to throw it. Very fortunate. They got out of that Northwestern game in those conditions, but were a lot of lessons learned, a lot of tough lessons learned in that game, like th- this team has experienced a, lo- a lot throughout the early portion of the season. Again, nothing should surprise them on set problems, field conditions, um, anything like that. Um, and here's where I think, you know, let me let me say, let me say this real quick: Is it me, or have we not seen many running back screens from Penn State? Not too many. No, you're right. right. Yeah. And we, I think we saw a few of them in very early September, but that's not really been Mike Yursich's game. I think for some reason I go back to that this week. We haven't seen much of it. You know, Tom, this team is going to be rolling up front defense. Michigan, I'm talking about. They're going to be rolling mm-hmm. up front defensively. Do everything you can to slow that pass rush down early. And if it's me, maybe I'll throw a wide receiver screen out there, you know, within my first five or something like that. But I'm coming back with a running back screen somewhere in this game. And I just mentioned the third, you know, how good they are offensively on third down. They're just average defensively on about middle of the pack in the big 10 in third down defense. Third down is critical for this Penn state offense. Um, careful going at DJ Turner. He's a good football player. They have a few good guys there in the secondary town, but I think crossing routes when they play man coverage is going to get them and deep crossers is going to get, going to get them. But I'm not talking about deep crossers where you're hitting a guy, you know, if you're on the left hash, you're not hitting somebody on the opposite hash. So I'm talking about letting somebody, you know, get five, 12 up to 20 to 22 and across the field play action or a deep drop where protection holds up. You're in a six, maybe a seven man pass pro double with guys crossing the field as well. I think they can hurt them, Tom, but going back to it and you started off with it. Katron, Singleton, Kevon, you got to run the football. You have to establish the run this week. You can't, you know, for how good and how talented you are offensively, you can't go three and out, give it to this team, three and out, give it to this team. Right. They'll they'll do a good way of finding momentum. They'll milk the clock if they have to. They'll put drives together. Let JJ McCarthy get confident, comfortable, and calm. He sees the field really well. You have to pressure that kid. Um, you have to force him to play from behind. And it starts early. You gotta score the first time Penn State has the ball time. You need to see points. And it's not a game where it's like, you gotta go down and score immediately, but you gotta get at least three. To a degree, you got to try and take the crowd out of the game because yep. they will be a factor at noon game. All the bells and whistles we talked about with Fox and big noon kickoff. So uh, I agree with you on that. But one thing I, I am worried about, and I've talked about it through the season, is that any running back for Penn State has had to get past would-be tacklers at the first and second level regularly 
through this season. And it wasn't necessarily just against the likes of Purdue, Auburn, and Northwestern. It was in the Central Michigan game. It was in the Ohio U game. And it's like, okay, like you understand overcoming that level of competition. I understand this front seven for Michigan is a far cry from what we saw last year in regards to the the bookend DNs of Ojabo and uh, Hutchinson just making everybody's life miserable. It's not that, but still, this is a very good Michigan defense that will deny you at the line of scrimmage. Is this going to be a wake-up call for Penn State's running game? That's a good question. Um, I think it's going to be a wake-up call early for this offensive line. You know, average just isn't going to get it done. I think these guys are going to find early that you're going to have pride in running the football. There's going to have to be some want to there early on to establish the run um, out of Penn State, Tom. And I think if you're Mike Yurst, I think the mindset needs to be, listen, we need to put pressure on our own offensive line to the point, Tom, where it's like they're thinking to themselves, we, we have to run. We have to. We have to find a way to run. Not one of those things, Tom, where it's like, all right, we ran it five, six times. It's not working. So now let's just try to let's try to toss it down the field. And then as an offensive lineman, you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, we abandoned the run. All right, that's it. I know we'll mix in a few here and there, but, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to try to throw the ball this game. You can't do that. you got to put pressure on this offensive line early and let them know the game plan and say, this is it, guys. Figure it out. We need to find a way to attack and run the football and set the tone early in Ann Arbor. I think Penn State is getting disrespected going into this game. I think it's still a little bit of what Michigan accomplished last year is is accredited to their ranking currently, making the college football playoff, and you understand that. Um, but Michigan's getting minus seven at home, and an over-under of 52, uh, last I saw according to ESPN.com. I don't see this being a high-scoring game. What do you think? Uh, you no, know, I, I can see it being somewhere like a 28-24, um, 30-21. Uh, I can see I can see thirty being enough on Saturday, Tom. Um, you're gonna you're gonna see a turnover or two. You just are. In a game like this, emotions are high. Everybody's playing fast. Everybody's flying around, Tom. Um, you're, you're gonna see a turnover or two. Special teams. I, I, I keep thinking about special teams, special teams, special yeah. teams this week. Um, it's going to play a huge factor. Somebody's going to have the chance to change the game on special teams this week. Ball security jumps to mind off of last week. Uh, not the bye week, obviously, the Northwestern game. But, you know, that that's something that you expect the coaching staff to have hammered into the minds of every offensive player, every skill position player, special teams player. Hold on to the ball. And now Michigan knows that. They're, they're watching the same tape we watched. And what we'll, we'll, again... Bad, bad weather for both teams. We talked about that. After, of course. We discussed that after the show um, or after the game on the show. We discussed that. And it's like, but Michigan's watching that tape saying, these guys are going to give it up. One guy wraps up, second guy attacks the ball. They will give it up if you go at it. They're going to be scratching at the ball, rip the ball to the guy's arms. It's going to happen. Right from from the first carry through the thirty fifth carry of the game, right 
Penn State needs to lock in, dial in, two hands on the football. Yeah, it's it's a it's a slippery slope. Uh, no pun intended. It's just the way that things looked last week. It all of a sudden, you know, opens up as a vulnerability. Um, so I, I think the same way you were just talking about how Michigan's not going to abandon the run and probably won't abandon the run. Uh, that's just what Jim Harbaugh does with Blake Corum. Penn State has got to do the exact same thing because my concern is what happens typically with Mike Yurcich in the second quarter where you're maybe trying to score quickly before the half and then you want to come out firing in the third quarter. So you see games, we've seen a few games this year where Sean Clifford's attempts have gone up in the second and third quarter and then it kind of gets balanced back down when the game is maybe in hand or you're just trying to lock things up. That's what worries me, and that's the only thing that worries me really about this game from an offensive standpoint for Penn State. When you think about what Sean Clifford has to do for Penn State to win, what is it? I I don't think this is a game, Tom, where he needs to win. I really don't. Um, I think this is a game where it'll certainly be a collective effort where we have to win the football. We have to run it well. I'm not saying Katron needs to go for a buck or Nick Singleton needs to go for a buck 20 um, you know, or heck or Kevon Lee 25 yards. I'm not saying that, but it, it, it'll need to be all three of those guys running it, running well. Um, the combination of those three needs to be on. Uh, Sean has to throw the ball well on third. He has to take care of the football in the red zone. Um, it's going to be loud in backed-up situations. He's got to use his cadence in situations like that. Um, he has to be careful with the football. Um, Parker Washington, Mitchell, uh, uh, Mitchell Tinsley, they have to get the ball early and often in this football game, Tom. Um, heck, jet sweeps, right? Little shovel pass something to get the ball in those guys' hands early on and you to take advantage again of those tight ends, you know, cause that's, listen, that's just that, that's the world they're living in right now, Washington Tinsley, and then the tight ends. So if that's going to be it, then that's fine. But tight ends versus linebackers, tight ends versus safeties, create those matchups, create those situation and those battles for those guys, because they are very good in moments like that. Um, you know, He's got to spread the ball around as well, um, you know. But ha- if he's uncertain, Tom, check it down. It can't be the, Sh- the Sean Clifford where he makes a big throw and then the next the next one, it's a misread, doesn't understand the coverage, floats it, or it's a worm burner. Right? If he's uncertain in the pocket, if he's losing his feet, and by losing his feet, you know what I'm talking about. He's getting flat footed. Drifting back and he's trying to throw that that bird throw can't do it Saturday, right? The second his brain registers to him, you know, oh no, I got to move on or that's not there, that's not there. Check it down, find your back, stay on schedule. If I was a quarterback coach there right now, Tom, I'm saying to him, Sean, listen, this is a game where we need to reserve the right to punt. I'm not saying don't take chances. I'm not saying don't play with confidence. And don't take risks, right? But this is a game where you have to see everything clearly. And if it's not there, move on. If it's not there, check it down. If it's not there, throw away, and we can move on from that.
this game is obviously critically important to the future of Penn State season. And we talked about it a little bit beginning of this show is that the stretch they're about to embark on Michigan home against Minnesota at Ohio State. And then the rest of the slate of November is slightly easier, but still you got to get through this gauntlet here in October. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, coming out of a bye week and you've experienced this going into a game of this magnitude, is this a good thing for a James Franklin football team or a bad thing? It's a good thing they had a bye week when they had it. Right? But it can be difficult in a way going into a game like this on the road because I can see them coming out flat. I can see it taking two, three drives to really get rolling. Right? And by that time, you may be down three, you may be down seven. Heck, you may be down ten. Can't you need to do everything you can to come out flat in a game like this? And right now, Tom, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, as we sit here talking about it, um, you know, I, I think if I'm your sitch, those first few plays, those first, you know, drive or two, I think it's simple stuff for me. I really do. It's some of the best runs we've had over the past five weeks. It's slip screens, it's quick game, might dial up a play action pass every now and then, but it's something where I'm enough and it's something that's safe enough all that these are plays we can run in our sleep. These are some of the best plays we've run all year. Guys execute these plays with confidence. Heck, they don't even have to be on the game plan and I can call them. These guys are going to go out there and, and, and execute those plays. Well, that's what I think I'm calling early on here to let everybody settle in, get a few catches, get a few positive yards. And then boom, here we go. Let's go play some football Tom. And Tom, we've talked about this for a few if it's 10 nothing, if it's 17 nothing, if it's 20 nothing, don't be surprised if 15 gets put in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I would fully expect it. And honestly, Sean Clifford is injury prone. We've talked about it a lot. There's a chance you see Drew come into this game in some capacity. Now, I wish the best for Sean. I don't want to see him get hurt, and I agree with you. That's still at this point in time. He's the best chance for Penn State to to win games. But I do worry about this rushing attack going up against more credible Big Ten competition for Penn State's rushing attack, that is. And I think the way that Michigan runs the ball, Penn State has not necessarily been stellar against stopping the run against some opponents that frankly they should have hammered uh, in regards to the rushing attack so there's there's a lot to be proven here there's a lot to really discover about Penn State in this game so um, very quickly do you think Penn State pulls out the win yes I'm I'm gonna be I'm a little pessimistic I'm a little worried still it's a road game it's a big house I'm a little worried Um, I could see Michigan squeaking this one out in a low scoring game but yeah it's gonna it's gonna be tight it'll be tight the whole entire way i just i'm just this d i can't i'm not it's not even gonna be the offense that's gonna win the football game for penn state i go back to the great that defense has looked how much better they've gotten how deep they are offense can lean on that defense and understand what they have We'll see what happens. Uh, We'll have a recap episode for you guys after the game. Enjoy Penn State versus Michigan. It's this Saturday at noon on Fox, immediately following big noon kickoff. Enjoy the game. 
Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.